talking about that um, for the next hour or so. And, and Matt, it's it's not even just um, training camp we're going to be talking uh, about. We're going to be talking to Washington football head coach Jimmy Lake. He's That's right. What, what an awesome guest to get to start yeah. off this training camp. As you said, we just had two days in a row. But Jimmy Lake, is uh, he very well knows a lot of the players on this Bucks roster, most notably Vita Vea and yeah. the first-round pick Joe Tryon. So so great to have a, uh, an awesome guest like this to start off training camp. Yeah, he'll be joining us about 4.10 Eastern time here. If you're listening to this podcast live, um, you know that, that it's Monday, July 26th. If you're not, it is Monday, July 26th. And we're going to be talking about the first two days of training camp. Um, and, and Joe Tryon really uh, impressed out of the gate. We'll get to, to Joe in, in a couple minutes. But, you know, some, some big news kind of right off the bat. Um, this safety position has been kind of shell-shocked uh, with, with a, a lack of bodies. We saw Jordan Whitehead, Matt, start, you know, camp on, on the COVID reserve list coming off of that shoulder uh, injury. And, of course, that wiped out his White House trip and, and the, the, the ring ceremony. ceremony. Yeah. And now we find out today Antoine Winfield uh, wasn't out there. Let's let's uh, get a little soundbite from Bruce Arians here as to why. In more than a week or two? Uh, we have to get Antoine tested positive, but today he tested negative, so we can't it's a false positive. So mm. That's the problem right now, these false positives that are missing two days. A couple of them are safety, so um, we just wait to see. <laughs> So yeah, so the, the volume was a little low that, there, so uh, apologies if you couldn't hear the volume there. But because of social distancing and the COVID yeah. protocols, we have to be uh, a good amount of feedback from Coach when he is speaking. But pretty much what Coach Aarons was saying was that Antoine Winfield Jr. had a false positive. So he practiced the day before on Sunday, but I guess after practice, he tested and he tested positive for COVID. Right. He tested in the morning. And he Today. tested negative, so it was yeah. a false positive, or at least that's what they think so far. He'll test again, right. and we'll see what happens with there. But they think it's a it's it's a false positive. But nonetheless, Winfield was not able to practice today. And yeah. as you were saying, Scott, the the Bucks are running out of bodies to put at safety. Uh, they are ravaged, like you said, Jordan Whitehead, Raven Green has not been available. Yeah. So they've had to really mix things around at the safety position just two days into training camp. Yeah, so both starters were out, and really what that that did was that put Mike Edwards in as the starting strong safety. They put uh, Javon Hagen, uh, who was you know a player that was really the, the fourth safety on the team last year, didn't get a lot of playing time on defense. That was mostly uh, you know Mike Edwards getting in the rotation as the third safety, um, and really Winfield and um, and Whitehead were were healthy throughout the entire season. Uh, only Whitehead had that shoulder sir, uh, shoulder injury in um, in the Green Bay game and the NFC Championship game. There's Javon Hagen. So Hagen was a starter in addition to Edwards. And then you had Ross Cockrell for the second day moving from cornerback. He saw some reps at free safety. But without Raven Green, without Antoine Winfield Jr., without Jordan Whitehead, 
I mean, they're down three safeties, and they only have, I think, seven or eight on the team, Matt. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the NFC Championship game because it shows just how important depth is, and especially for the safety position, that in the second half of that NFC Championship game, the Bucs were down to Edwards and Andrew Adams, who is yeah. now in, in Philadelphia, I believe. I mean, it's gotten so slim pickings at the safety position that they literally signed a corner in the middle of training camp yesterday. That doesn't happen too much. You sign a player right in the middle of, of it. It's uh, Chris Cooper out of Stony Brook. So all of a sudden, the Bucks have become a pipeline to Stony Brook University, which is out on Long Island. They um, they obviously signed Augie Contressa, who yeah. was a uh, undrafted free agent. So now they have two safeties coming from Stony Brook to go along with the uh, the North Texas pipeline that the uh, and James Madison, of course, as well. Yes, that yeah. that, that the, the Bucks have all of a sudden right. become a uh, pipeline too. And so, South Carolina too. South Carolina, I think, has got five players on this team. Jarrell Adams is one of those newcomers, along with Sidarius Hutchins or Hutcherson, yeah. um, and uh, Donnell Stanley. Uh, of course, Ryan Suckup is a is a Gamecock as well. So it's it's interesting. The pipeline back when I used to start covering this team in the '90s was Florida, Florida State, Miami. And, and now those schools are hardly represented. It's it's like the schools we've just mentioned here, some of the more obscure schools that uh, that are really feeding this Buccaneer team. But speaking of feeding, Matt, have you tried the fast protein bars from Celsius? These are absolutely outstanding. There's two flavors. There's the, the salted caramel peanut crunch, and then there's the cookies and cream. And I, I, I'd like to say I have a favorite, but I go back and forth. These are the only two flavors they have. Honestly, it's the only two flavors they need. If you've tried Celsius, you know it's a quality product. It's a fantastic energy drink that gives you the, the boost of energy that you need. There's a peach vibe you're rocking, Matt. I had a tropical vibe today. Um, oh, yeah. And there's no crash. That's that's the great thing about this. Well, with these fast protein bars, the first thing I'm going to talk about is, is how delicious they are. I have had so many protein bars that taste like sawdust or cardboard and... <laughs> <laughs> These actually taste good. If you don't believe me, try them for yourself. That's what I want you to do. 20 grams of protein, low sugar, low carbs, no GMOs. It's the fast brand living an active lifestyle. It's at the core of who Celsius and fast is, and their goal is to support a better you every day. That's and you know what, Scott? The, yeah. There's a lot of things, too. I, I know in years past in training camp, sometimes depending on – you know, when I'm getting ready in the morning, I'll just have a granola bar t and, you know, that's my breakfast for the yeah. morning. I I've now changed that up a little bit where I'm getting like a full meal. But sometimes you get these granola bars and they just like disintegrate in your yeah, hand as you're trying to true. eat it. You know, you got grains going all over the place. Yeah. This is not the case with these no. bars. I personally, I got a big sweet tooth. I'm a sucker for the cookies and cream. I know. I mean, it's delicious. I pack, I, I pack granola bars in my backpack now, so I'm ready to go. You know, I, I'm feeling all the vibes when I go to training camp because I eat yeah. one of those granola bars or one of those bars, sorry, yeah. and I'm good to go for the rest of the day. I mean, Celsius, they just make pro – it doesn't matter if it's an energy drink, if it's yeah. a bar. It's product after product. They just – they hit home runs when it comes to They really to do. The, the, the fast protein bars, they're available on Amazon. You can get a variety pack. It's got three salted caramel peanut crunch. It's got three white chocolate cookies and cream. Um, make sure you go to Amazon, and if you like it, go ahead and, and make sure that you uh, tell them. You leave a review on Amazon. They love to hear feedback from their, their audience. So fast bars, get them.
they taste really good too. They taste like candy bars, to be honest with you, but they're not. They're, and they're and very, one last very thing too, just we love all the fans that, you know, send us pictures and that they're trying Celsius. I personally love when we get fans from outside of the Tampa area. They're like, oh, hey, I'm in North Carolina. They got Celsius here. Hey, yeah. I'm in New York. We got Celsius. We love when you guys do that. Please keep sending us photos, videos, whatever, when you see Celsius. We love seeing that you guys are getting involved and please keep doing it because our fans are awesome. Absolutely. Also, too, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to our Peter Report TV YouTube channel and hit the like button on our videos. We appreciate that as well. Okay, Matt. So um, today was an absolute scorcher of a practice. Um, there was no wind. <laughs> there was no clouds. There was no shade. Uh, no rest for the wicked. It was hot. And right around 930, uh, right, you know, right around that that part where they had the water break, that's when you saw the players drop to their knees. That's where you saw trainers come over with wet towels, put them around their neck. Mm -hmm. This this was a brutal 9.30 to 10.30 stretch. Um, that second half of practice, Matt, Bruce Arians was really talking about the fatigue setting, and he didn't like it because this team needs to get used to the heat and the humidity. Two days into camp, it's kind of expected, but uh, it was it was an inferno out there today, one buck place. I'm sorry, at the Advent Health Training Center. Yeah, it was really hot at the Advent Health Training Center. It was actually something funny that Tristan Wirfs brought up in in his post practice press conference. It's a lot of peas right there. Um, he just <laughs> they were asking about the heat and everything. He just stopped and he said, "Look at the flags. There's no breeze or anything. Yeah. They're just standing still." It is. Uh, it's it's pretty crazy what they have to go through. And Coach Aaron's was saying. He said, I liked the first half of practice, but the last 30 minutes, he said it was really bad. He said uh, yeah. he, he, he was very disappointed. He said the first group was not that good. And he said the second group was even worse than that. And it's funny because yeah, a lot of the players we spoke to after, even Levante David, you know, he's one of the yeah. longest tenured Buccaneers sure. in, in the, uh, on the current roster. And he said, I, I've been here this long and – I'm still not used to it. And Levante is a guy from Miami. Yeah, so like he exactly. grew up in the Florida heat. He said, even like going Northern, it, the, the temperature and the weather is different than that. Donovan Smith said something really interesting too. Actually, I'll get to Donovan in a second. Shaq Barrett. First of all, shout out to him. Cause he wears a hoodie when he yes. plays. And that's just unbelievable because you and I are sweating, literally just standing there or taking a knee and watching. He's right going out trying to attack the quarterback and make plays but he had a really great line and I'm paraphrasing here he pretty much said that he wears the hoodie because it makes it a little tougher now but it'll make it a little bit easier when the season goes yep. on so he was saying he loses like three pounds Donovan Smith said that there's been times where he's lost 10 pounds in water right. weight yeah and but then you know it's all about hydration and bringing it back exactly. so it's crazy to see how you know, you really got to keep your body ready and, and good to go for this season yeah. with this heat. Exactly. Well, right now we got a special guest we're going to bring in. Uh, this guy right here, Jimmy Lake. I've known him. He's had two stints with the Buccaneers as a defensive backs coach with uh, with Raheem Morris, with John Gruden. Um, you know, he is a guy that has, has, you know, had played a huge role in the Buccaneers secondary success. And then you know, he decided to go out to uh, to Washington, where he was the uh, he was the defensive backs coach, defensive coordinator. Now he's the head coach of the Washington Huskies. Jimmy Lake, how are you doing? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, great to see you, Scott. Is uh, man, it's been a long time. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I'm actually out here in Los Angeles, California, Hollywood to be exact. We're down here for the Pac-12 media days. All the uh, head coaches and athletic directors are down here for two days, uh, the big showcase event for the Pac-12. So we have a meeting here coming up at 2 o'clock Pacific time, but uh, had to show some Tampa Bay Buccaneer love today. Thank well, you for coming on, Coach. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, coach, this is Matt Materi. He's, he's uh, been with us for a couple of years. And, uh, you know, you and I, we, we talked about, uh, about this guy right here. Uh, Joe Tryon, he ended up being the first round draft pick. I, I interviewed you before the draft. I told you we were going to put him in, in the mock at uh, number 32 for the Buccaneers. And sure enough, Coach, that's that's exactly what happened. He he became a Buccaneer. Did that surprise you at all? Because this Buccaneer team has shown a lot of Husky love lately with Peter Vey in the first round in 2017, Benning, Potawahi, and then Jaden Mickens. Uh, now you add another one, Joe Tryon, to Tampa Bay. Yeah, I love it. You guys are going to love Joe. Just like I told you, you're going to love Vita. Uh, it's a guy that uh, has a tremendous work ethic. He has great size, as I'm sure you guys saw in person. I mean, he's very long, very strong, very athletic, loves football. You know, we pride ourselves on recruiting guys that love football. And I think that's why, you know, you know management there in Tampa Bay um, loves to look at Huskies. We, we pride ourselves on guys that love to play the game, that are passionate about the game, but also have NFL uh, attributes. And Joe Tryon definitely has some NFL attributes that you guys come game day. Yeah, when you look at at uh, Tryon, I mean, um, he didn't play for you guys last year. And and coach, um, you know, what, what I want to share with the audience now is when I was watching him today. This is the second practice in, in Bucks training camp now, no pads, but um, his get off, his pad level, it's it's so it's almost perfect right now. And he's a big, long, lean guy. Kind of like Jason Pierre-Paul, I think physically they kind of measure up pretty well. Yeah, this, they do. I, but, but, I totally but, agree with that. I mean, yeah. to bring a guy in with his with his uh, measurables, his work ethic, with some guys that are veterans that have been around the game for a while, I know Joe. He is just soaking up every bit of knowledge from those players and also from the tremendous coaching staff that you guys have. Um, you guys, the the Tampa Bay fan base should be very very excited about Joe Tryon. And coach, he gets to come in and not have the pressure that most first round draft picks have to, to endure. He doesn't have to start. They already have Shaq uh, Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul. He can come in as a designated pass rusher um, and play some special teams as a rookie. That takes a lot of pressure off of him. I think he's going to be able to come in fresh because he's not going to play as many snaps as, as Shaq and, and JPP. And when, you know, when you're going up against um, you know, an offensive tackle in the third quarter in this sweltering, hot and humid Florida, you know, down here in Tampa. Um, and Joe's fresh and the tackle's not in the third quarter. I think sacks are going to happen. I, I, I totally agree with that. I haven't thought about that angle. Of course, you, you cover these guys every single day. That's a, that's a great point. Um, you know, I think back to the defensive end that we drafted way back when and uh, Gaines Adams, if you remember, yeah. way back. And there was a lot of pressure on him. Uh, you know, who, who's going to be the next Simeon Rice? Who's going to be that next great pass rusher off the edge? And it takes time for these guys to develop. And, um, you know, at the NFL level or even at this level, there's not a lot of patience. Everybody wants to <laughs> – everybody wants success right now. So, yeah. oh, that's that's a great point. That's a great point that he's got all these veterans around him that um, obviously are already all pros and, and yeah. are playing at a high level. And well, I do know this. Joe's not going to sit back and just wait. I do know that. He's going to be chomping at the bit to play, and he's going to be pushing to play very early, which uh, which will mean uh, a really successful defense for you guys once again. 
Coach, yeah. what stood out to you about Joe when either, you know, when you were first scouting him or when he first joined the team, what, what jumped out to you about him? Well, in recruiting him, you know, he wasn't a highly sought after recruit. You know, everybody, you know, always attached these stars to these guys' name, which uh, I don't, I don't enjoy that part of it. But <laughs> what, what we really loved was his attributes that he had. Uh, we saw that he had a tremendous work ethic and he had the length and we felt we had the frame to put some weight on. And so, you know, you can't teach 6'6", six, six, uh, six, right. whatever he is, uh, almost 6'6", yeah. 6'6", six, 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 definitely with cleats on. Um, and then what set up was his work ethic. And you see what he's done to his body. His body looks uh, it looks like a Greek god. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Look at that. I mean, look at that. Okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, you combine somebody with that type of size, uh, that type of frame, and then that work ethic. Uh, now you got something special and a guy that loves football. And Joe is uh, definitely that. And uh, I know uh, Tampa Bay management knows this, but we have a bunch of other guys on our team on offense and defense that have the same work ethic as him and that have NFL attributes like him. So I would not be surprised uh, uh, for your organization to dip back into the University of Washington and get some more Huskies down there. I'll tell you what, uh, you know, Coach, this guy right here, right? I mean, we're talking about, uh, you know, you're, you're really your next Joe Tryon, Zion uh, Tupeloa Fatui, right? In in three games, I mean, Coach, with COVID, you only got to to, to coach four. I think you were with three and one in, in your debut uh, season. That's correct. You know, and, and, and you only had Zion for three games, and this guy had seven sacks, three forced fumbles, um, one fumble recovery, and uh, a pass defense. I think that he almost either he uh, you know helped produce an interception or just a pass breakup. But uh, I mean that that's a great season for some guys. This Zion kid, I guess they call him a ZTF. Um, I mean, he did that in three games. What's he going to do for you in, in 12 this year? Right, right. So Zion is another guy that was not a highly sought-after recruit. Um, he's someone that we found in Hawaii, uh, was actually a volleyball player. And you can see with wow. his feet and his nimbleness and his athleticism, um, you know, that how that game really allowed him to play uh, at such a low level with his height. And so yeah. here's a Six four and change, almost six five, and now he's up to two eighty. When we recruited him, he was about two low uh, low two thirty, um, and he is extremely hard to very very powerful. Um, he did have an injury this off season, so we're going to miss. He's going to miss the, the beginning of the season, but we'll get him back towards the end. Uh, but he's another player that I know. Um, I've already got a bunch of phone calls from um, uh, from NFL uh, execs um, asking about his status and and uh, whether he's going to come out or, or not after the twenty twenty one season. Yeah. You know, Jimmy, when, when I spoke to you back in 2017 about this guy right here, Vita Vea, I mean, you know, he was the, the Pac-12 defensive player of the year, um, his final season for you, when you were the defensive coordinator calling the plays. And, uh, um, you know, you, you told me he's just scratching the surface. This guy was a high school running back who doesn't have a lot of reps at defensive tackle, doesn't have a lot of, of game experience. But, um you, like you said, you can't coach, you know, 6'4", 340 pounds. I mean, he is agile. He is uh, unblockable. And you saw in, you know, you're a Tampa Bay fan at heart, um, uh, what he was able to do just coming back for those last two games, the NFC Championship game, and, and really help pushing the pocket and and having Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers run into the likes of Shaq Barrett three times and Jason Pierre-Paul a couple times, and then in the Super Bowl, you know, uh, um, you know, forcing Mahomes to to escape the pocket and make 
difficult throws on the run. He was a vital cog in the Bucks Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean that what what a tremendous player. Great pickup again uh, by you guys. And you can see all these guys you're you're, you're showing are, are high football character. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Vita fought back from a, a, a horrific injury. To uh, some some players wouldn't even come back with that type of injury. They wouldn't put the work in uh, to get back. And Vita put the work in to get back. And um, and then obviously was a, was a huge part uh, of get of securing that 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 Super Bowl trophy. But uh, I, I know that that fan base has got to be excited to have those two players with high football character. Tremendous size, tremendous work ethic. Guys that have chip on their shoulders. You know, they weren't these five-star, ten-star recruits. These are right. guys that developed and worked hard and and have all the successes that they that they are enjoying now. They earned. Yeah. And um, you're going to see that those guys are never going to stop working. Yeah, Scott. As you just mentioned before, that Vita used to be a running back coach. I mean, when you have a player that big, he's a mountain of a man. But the fact that he's so quick and agile, I mean, you can't even compare it to like any other player you've seen in football, can you? I I cannot. I remember Scott and I talking about this before. Where I was like, I, I haven't seen a guy like this. Most guys his size, you know, they're just going to plug the A gap and then that's about it. You're not going to get anything out of him, but, he, you know, he could definitely stop a goal line play or a fourth and one play. This guy's going to give you he can get off blocks. If he gets knocked down, he's going to get on his feet. Uh, I mean, one of his most impressive plays, and I know the scouts loved it when he was getting drafted, was our Fiesta Bowl game against Penn State. Yes. He was the shield on our punt team. And uh, he ran all the way down the field about 60 yards and tackled the punt returner. Yeah. Um, and then another play was against USC when he chased down a screen. And our catapult tracker that we had on him, he was clocked in at 22 miles an hour at 350. That's insane. Uh, it's insane. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And a lot of that's hard. You know, obviously he's got some great attributes, but it's also hard and the want to to want to do that. Uh, yeah. Some players don't want to be on punt team. They don't want to right. sacrifice, um, you know, what what they do on defense or offense for special teams. Yeah. But Vita, Joe, and ZTF, Zion, who hopefully lands down there with you guys, um, those guys are high football character guys. They're going to do whatever it takes to win football games. You know, just you talk about the high character. It's a, he didn't have to come back. He was placed in injury reserve. He had a, he had a fractured ankle right against the Chicago Bears on Thursday night early mm-hmm. in the season, but he diligently came back because uh, he wanted to. He wanted to, and, he, and there was no assurances that he was going to play the rest of this year, but. Um, you know, the Bruce Arians said, you know what, we're going to try to do our part, which is, you know, get deep in the playoffs. You do your part by rehabbing and we'll see if those roads converge. And they sure did. But it was that diligent work ethic to battle back for those last two games that they were just huge for the Bucks. No question. And, you know, I even go back when he was with us, he could have left after his redshirt sophomore year. Yeah. And we talked through him. He had second round grade, second round grade, second round grade. And then a lot of people are like, hey, you know, you're just scratching the surface. You could, you could come back here and be a top 10, top 15 pick. Most, a lot of players, they would have heard second round pick and they'd have been out the door. Right. But he also had some unleft, un, unfinished business here at the University of Washington. Want to come back, want to win a championship and all those things. And so right. that just goes to, you know, his unselfish, um, uh, you know, behavior. And same thing with him getting injured there and, yeah. and not just sick. Mag, oh, I'm on IR, I'm, I'm making money anyway. Right. No, he fought back, fought back to come back there and play and to make sure you guys made it to the Super Bowl and, and took home that Super Bowl, that Super Bowl trophy. 
Yeah, dude, you were you were a very uh, interested observer. I, th I think you told me you had you had your kids in the Ronde Barber jerseys watching the game, right? There you go. Yeah, we did, we did, and then my my wife bought a uh, Tom Brady uh, pop up like cardboard, like we had Tom Brady <laughs> like, pop up in our in our living room. Uh, so it was awesome. Uh, my kids, you know, my youngest son was born there in, in Tampa yeah. in 07. I never forget uh, John Gurdon. Uh, he. he he gave me some pretty good uh, stuff about me leaving the draft meetings early to go see my, my final son born, but he was just ribbing me a little bit. Yeah. But uh, yeah, my youngest son born in Tampa. We still have a house down there in Tampa. My twin brother is still there in Tampa selling really? boats out there and uh, wow. yeah, uh, out in Clearwater. So make sure you need a boat, go see Jason Lake, my twin brother. He's out I'll there. I'll take you up on that for sure. Clearwater. So, I'd love to go fishing. We, so. we love, we love Tampa. We love the area. And uh, we're so, so proud uh, that they, that they won the Super Bowl. And, and, Going to challenge again for it again this year. I know. They got everybody yeah. back. So, yeah. I uh, got some awesome leadership and a great coaching staff. JB, before we let you go, we appreciate your time. To, uh, two things. We have a question here from one of our uh, regular Peter Report podcast uh, viewers. Uh, in Jimmy's opinion, is Buda Baker the best player he's ever seen or coached at Washington? And, and coach, I mean, uh, Washington is DBU. There's, there's no doubt about it. And, it. you know, you are a defensive backs guy at heart. Now you're the head coach now, but that's always your 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 soft spot. That's that's your group, regardless of whether you're the defensive coordinator, the head coach, the position coach, whatever. You've had a lot of, of defensive studs up there. Where does Buda Baker rank? Because I think the Bucks even liked him when he was coming out a couple of years ago. Yeah, as everybody can see now, special player. Um, is he the best player? I mean, he is <laughs> he for his size and what he does. I mean, you're talking 5'9", 185 pounds. Um, he plays at a level and with heart that I have not seen. And um, a, a guy that wasn't blessed with the overall height or the overall size, um, pound for pound, he is for sure the best defensive player that, we, that I've coached at the University of Washington. And uh, the NFL has seen that now for the last few yeah. years with him making a Pro Bowl and special teams, making the right. Pro Bowl. As a defensive player, um, he is a he's a leader. You always know what you're going to get with him. Doesn't matter how much money you put in front of him. That guy is going out there to try to win football games for his team, day in and day out. And um, you know, as much as people that you know look at NFL players and they think, oh, they're just all about the money and they're all about this, not Buda Baker and not the guys that you guys have down there that are from Washington. These guys are high football character guys right. that want to do everything they can to make sure they're competitors. They want to win. They right. want to win, yeah. and uh, you—you you if if Buda Baker ever hits free agency, you guys better go after him. Go after him <laughs> everything you got because you're, you're going to get you a know, monster. You know, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I mean, he reminds me just the football character, the the high football IQ, the pound for pound, pound for pound toughness, the the the, the ball magnet that he is. A little bit of Rondé Barber, different positions, yep. but am, am I off track there? No, you're not off track at all. I mean, that's that's very. Uh, he is he is that special of a player. I mean, you're talking about Ronnie Barber, Ring of Honor, future NFL famer. So that's high regard there. But Buda Baker, he is along that track. If he keeps doing what he's doing, he's just got to get more interceptions. I text him all the time, like Buda, yeah. you got to get more interceptions. Yeah, and, and and not get tracked down by DK Metcalf either, yeah. right? <laughs> right. Special play, right? It's so funny. Yeah. You know, everyone talks about that was a special play by DK, but that was also a big time interception. Oh yeah, uh, there against an All Pro quarterback uh, in a critical situation against a uh, division rival. So, right. Um, 
But he so to answer your your listeners' question, he is a special special player. Yeah, um, and will go down as is one of the best players in NFL history. Yeah, and certainly one of the best Washington Huskies too. Uh, the last thing for you, Jimmy, what are your thoughts on unpinning Potoahi? He's he's a player that that um, you know. He looks good. It's just that this Bucks defensive line is just so stacked with talent. You've got Vita Vea, you've got Andamika Sue, you've got you know Steve McClendon, you've got uh Raheem Nunez Roches. We call him Nacho down here. Um uh, McClendon and Sue are are gonna be moving on probably after this year. I mean, they're in their mid-30s. You know, I think they're gonna try to get the repeat this year. And if they do, I, I think they're probably, you know, moving on. And and if if Benning sticks around, which I think he will, he's a very talented guy. Um, I, I think he can really elevate up, up the depth chart. But what are your thoughts on him real quick? What's kind of the, the scattering report? We didn't get a chance to see him last year because there's no preseason games, right? So right. I think yeah. that's going to be a, a big benefit to him this year. Another high football character um, guy. He's right here from the state of Washington, Lakes High School in Tacoma. And, you know, I, I think he's having the benefit of, of sitting behind some talented players and some guys that are – all pros and learning from those guys. He's, I think he's continued to develop just like he was still continued to develop at Washington. He actually started out in Joe Tryon's position and then gained weight and then moved inside later in his career. So I think here's a guy that's still learning the position and I'm sure, um, you know, I know he's getting coached at a high level down there. And so I'm sure you're going to see him very active uh, in those preseason games this year. And I think just as you mentioned, when those, uh, extremely talented players move on or, you know, hopefully they don't get injured. But if there is an yeah. injury that happens, which that's the name of football, right? There's going to be – That's right. Uh, Benning's got to go in there and he's got to take, take advantage of his opportunity. And uh, I, I know he will. He's a talented player, uh, high high character again. Um, so for the fans out there, you're going to get a guy that's that's working diligently every single day to be a great Buccaneer. And Jimmy, with with Joe Tryon, I think I think the Bucks are getting a future double digit sacker. Probably, well, thank you. He'll be the starter when when J- Jason Pierre-Paul moves on. But this guy has got double digit sacker right all over him, doesn't he? He does. He does. He, there's really nothing he can't do. You know, we dropped him in coverage. We rushed him. Uh, he would cover every now and then to cover tailbacks out of the backfield. Yeah. This guy's athletic as all get out. And then if you're just like right now, what you were just mentioned is maybe a, as a pass rush specialist early on in his career. Whew. Now, I don't know how the vets are going to like that. I know the vets usually – those are the money downs. Those vets want to be yeah, in there. They'd right. rather him go down in first and second down <laughs> and gas on the sideline drinking some water and Gatorade. Yeah. Then those vets get in there and get the sacks. But uh, but that will be interesting to see uh, how that unfolds uh, this fall. But everybody should be extremely excited about Joe. Yeah. Length, speed, want to, high football character. Uh, they knocked out of the ballpark with that pick. Jimmy, as always, a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for joining us on the Peter Report podcast. Hey, we'll let you get back to media day out there. And we're looking forward to seeing season two for the Washington Huskies, coached by Jimmy Lake. Hopefully you get uh, not just 12 games. How about 14 games, right? Get in that. 15. Yep. 15. 15. Let's do 15. Exactly. Yeah. 15, that means we're in a special game. So let's That's go 15 right. games. And uh, we'll be watching you guys. Hey, go Bucks and go Dogs. Got Appreciate it. your time, Appreciate Coach. It. Thank you. Thank All you. Right, guys. That was really cool having Jimmy Lake join us. You know, we're we're excited to always talk to him. Um, you know, he's been a great friend to Peter Report. Um, you know, Matt, I've, I've known him um, for, you know, really when he was the assistant defensive backs coach to yeah. Raheem Morris. Uh, when when Raheem was John Gruden's defensive backs coach, and then when Raheem took over as the head coach, he lured 
Jimmy back uh, to become the Bucks defensive backs coach. So he's coached the likes of Rondé Barber and 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 all of those great players in the secondary. And then is really um, just as you can see, just a charismatic guy tears it up on the recruiting scene. And um, yeah, that yeah. that was my first time meeting him, like virtually, yeah. of course. But yeah. I mean, that was fantastic. I, I love that. You know, obviously, he has an imprint on the Bucks, not just from the Washington players, but because he used to be an assistant coach. I, I love how it all tied together. His brother still lives here, and yeah. in Clearwater, that was um, that was just, I'm not brother. Sure, it was just a lot of fun. You know, yeah. that was so much fun. I'm gonna have to schedule a Peter Report fishing day on that boat with uh, oh yeah, with Jimmy Lake's brother. That's awesome. So we uh, we appreciate those thumbs up and those smashing the like button very much. Thank you guys. That's awesome. Matt, let's get back to some some uh, some training camp news yeah. here. Um, um, really, it's it's one of those those things where where Jalen Darden has really made a big time first impression, right? We've we've written about that the last two days. He's had some drops. He had a false start, but boy, when this guy gets open and catches the ball, it's special, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, without question, he needs to clean stuff up. Obviously, no one wants to see a receiver drop the ball. But Scott, when he is on. He is on. He is the he can be an X factor to this offense. I mean, the way that he works at everything, he's extremely diligent. You could tell that he's been studying the playbook. He looks and I, I've been saying this the last two days. He looks so comfortable out there, minus the drops. Right. And I know that like that wouldn't make sense. Oh, well, if he's comfortable, why is he dropping? I'm just saying the way that he's running routes, the way that once he has the ball in his hands, He's off to the races. He's good to go. He looks extremely comfortable out there. And I don't think there's a better example than, I mean, he smoked Carlton Davis, the lockdown, shutdown corner right. of this team. He smoked Carlton Davis down the field on a go route. Carlton had to hold on to his jersey and pretty much stretch it as far as he possibly could yeah. just to make sure it was an incomplete pass. Obviously, it was a penalty on the play, but the ways that the Bucks can use Jalen Darden and the ways that they've been using him so far, moving him around, he's going down the field, he's going across the middle. He brings so much versatility to this team. I think he has a really good chance, especially if he ends up being a returner this year. Maybe that will, you know, leak into getting some more reps on offense. He has a strong chance to really make an impact on this offense that, as we know, and everyone watching this knows, already has a ton of skilled players, but he's just another guy that could put his hand to the, into the pile and, and really do big things for this team. Yeah. And, and the thing is, man, it's like, we haven't even seen the punt and kick return units yet. Right. And yeah, really practice that. And that's really where he's going to be a starter. I believe, I, I think that he's going to you know take that job from Jaden Mickens, but um, I, you know, I've written a couple times that, that he's going to, you know, maybe get around 10 plays on offense. It might even be more than that. But the thing is, is, is it's got to come at the expense of somebody, you know, and, and who are you taking reps away from? I mean, maybe Tyler Johnson. I think that's probably the, the likely guy, but they like Tyler Johnson. Scotty Miller, they like Scotty Miller. Right? Yeah. So it's, it's He's got, yeah, Darden has a bright future. Uh, obviously, he'll start out as a returner if he makes a team. We can't assume anything. He definitely has a bright future, you know, in a season, two seasons, three seasons from now. I think he could really make some noise on this team and he has a nose for the end zone. I think that's something we're going to see more into training camp as we get more 11 on 11s. And once the pads get on and we get into these right. two minute drills, I mean, Darden, when he's making catches, he's making highlight real catches. Yes. Like he's leaping yeah. up into the air, he's, coming down with it. Right. 
And he's, uh, he's just got to catch the ball because he had a, he had a yeah. couple drops today. And I think that Arians gave him a pass on Sunday, right? I he saw did. Arians chew him out twice today. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so and then that's good because I, you saw Darden, he was like really kind of down on himself, but then shook it off, you know. But I mean, he was taking the coaching and, um, and you and know, he's, Scott, he's I, a, I, lot, a lot of time on field one with the with the starters. He yeah. has not been on field two. Um, and, you know, right now, Antonio Brown's not practicing. Uh, I believe that's that's still kind of lingering from the knee. He's out there. Right. But same thing with O.J. Howard, lingering a little bit from that Achilles uh, injury. But uh, if, you know, if you're just joining us, Antoine Winfield, the safety, uh, was out today with a, a positive COVID test. They believe it's a false positive. But the Bucks were down some safeties today, man. Real quick, just a 30-second recap of the safety position for those joining us today. Yeah, so uh, as you said, Antoine Winfield Jr. had a false positive. Therefore, uh, he was not able to practice. Raven Green has not reported yet to training camp for personal issues. We don't know when he'll be back. And Jordan Whitehead right now is on the uh, the COVID list. He was not yeah. able to go to the White House or celebrate in, in the ring ceremony. Right. So they're down at safety there. They brought Javon Hagen over to the, uh, the field number one to work with the, the ones and twos. And obviously Mike Edwards is there. They uh, the Bucks signed Chris Cooper at safety um, to you know fill some more bodies. So it's slim pickings right now at safety. There's uh, not too much. There's there's three guys there. out. I mean, you get both starters: Whitehead, uh, Winfield, you know, and all yeah. that. So we have a question from Ren uh, Dax about is Darden's transition from receiver to returner as natural as Bill? We haven't seen him as a returner yet. They they have not done anything special teams wise, punt and kickoff yet. What they have done over the first two days is they spent Sunday working on the uh, defending fake field goals and exotic uh, field goal formations, uh, trick plays, if you will. So, yeah. And, and today the Bucks were actually working on their own fake field goals with Bradley Pinion, the holder, as the yeah. quarterback. And I don't he, know he if we're allowed to say like, who they were throwing to or well, stuff. I'm, the- I'm going to reveal it. I mean, it, I'm not giving away any any secrets in terms of, of routes or where people yeah, are lined that's up. That's true. That's true. But uh, you know, Pat O'Connor, special teams stud, caught a yep. touchdown pass, at least a first down. You know, he kept running, so we'll give him a touchdown. Same thing with Joe Tryon. So Joe Tryon, we've talked about it since the the the, the minicamp. Um, this team expects him to play special teams and. You know, he's out there on the, on the field goal unit and caught a touchdown today. So Joe Tryon can do it all, sack the quarterback and get some touchdowns. There was one other guy that ran out for a pass. I don't believe they threw it to him, but uh, there was one other person. I don't know if you saw him, Scott. It was Nacho. Nacho. Yes, yes. <laughs> Raquel oh Nunez Roches went out for a pass. and If he, uh, if he catches a touchdown in a game, it's going to get loud. I mean, that guy. Yeah. That guy, he loves to celebrate. He is a he's a an energetic guy to begin That'll with. That'll be the celebrations talker. of oh, all yes. celebrations. Yes. <laughs> if not, yeah, if that's you, not how it's going to be. If you remember Jerry Maguire, remember when when, when Rod Tidwell like, yep. did five minute celebration after, yep. you know, <laughs> after getting knocked unconscious and scoring the touchdown and all that stuff. I mean, that's that's the type of, of thing where Nacho would be fined. For, that's a great comparison. For, uh, yeah. Personality wise, he's the Rod Tidwell. Uh, obviously doesn't cause issues in the locker room like yes. Rod Tidwell does. Yeah. Um, but all the positives of Rod Tidwell, that's what, that's what Nacho is on the right. defensive line. And, and Nacho's already got his quan. He's already signed a two-year extension. The team loves him. So yeah, that's good. So we have a question here from, from Matthew Sams. Uh, when can Winfield return if it's, if it's a false positive? If it's a false positive, then he can come back tomorrow's practice. 
Yeah, he'll I'll have be. to he'll have to take another test. But if he, you know, if if he if it's negative, then yeah, he'll be good to go. Yeah. Um, okay, Matt. So, what else have you seen? Um, you know, I think one of the the biggest things people are are asking about or or inquiring about these guys right here: Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette. Um, what, what have you seen so far from the amount of opportunities these guys have gotten in their in their performance? Yeah. So, just so everyone understands what's been going on. So, day one, I was watching uh, field one, which is you know the starters, the first string, the second string, and Scott, you were over on field two with the third and fourth string. Today, we flip flopped, and yep. you were over on field one, and I was over on field two. What I've seen so far uh, with Leonard Fournette and Rojo. Leonard Fournette got the initial like first carries, but I've seen a lot more in, and this is just going off what I saw. I've seen a lot more Ronald Jones right now, getting carries, getting uh, pass opportunities. And we obviously all know the history of Rojo, not being the most agile when it comes to receiving the ball, but it looks like, and you tweeted today, Scott, from what you saw about Rojo is hitting the hole with no hesitation. He's getting to the outside. Rojo, I have to say he looks really determined and that's not saying that Leonard Fournette isn't, but Rojo looks like a man on a mission. I agree. He looks like a guy that is pissed off that he didn't get to a thousand yards last season because he got screwed over with injuries and COVID and everything like that. Rojo looks good to go. Um, He's been solid in his receptions that he's made so far. Now, granted, with two days in, there's a long way to go and it's different schemes and everything like that. Uh, Just from first view, I've seen a little bit more of Rojo than Leonard Fournette. I think this is a better question maybe when the pads come on because again you know with, with the offensive line and defensive line you don't right. know how hard they they're really going yeah but i've from what i've seen already it's very promising what's going to go down with the run yeah. game because you also got to factor in giovanni bernard he's been getting uh he yeah. had a lot more receptions today from what i saw in the red zone yeah and yeah i mean i think at some point we're going to be talking about this running back group as a three-headed monster yeah they'll have to split the carries yeah. but Everyone's going to have their part. I think we saw it in the postseason. Everyone, everyone's going to have their moment to shine. And uh, so far, so good for the running backs. I agree. And, and I'm with you. I, I think that when you look at Rojo, you know what, Matt? He got the angry uh, angry runner, Scepter, right? Yes. Um, from from Kyle Brandt on Good Morning Football. Or, you know, and, That's right. And, and, and so I, I think he wants to keep that. I think he he likes, you know, being the angry runner in this team and, and, and that's kind of how I would say he's attacking the hole or if he's kick, kicking it outside, it's, it's just an incredible sense of urgency. And you saw that kind of, I think, over the second half of the season last year when he had his opportunities. He had a couple hundred-yard games, and, and uh, I, I think Rojo is going to pick up where he left off from that rather than the end of the season where, let's face it, from – from being on the COVID list to breaking the pinky, then having the, the thigh issue yeah. against Washington, you know, there's a little bit of a hiccup there. And then Leonard Fournette, you know, stepped in and did an admirable job, became playoff Lenny and the Lombardi Lenny. Presidential Lenny, touchdown. my yeah. personal favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> scoring a touchdown in, in all four of those, those postseason games. So it, um, you know, I, this is a nice one, two punch. I, I said this on WDA this morning with, with Ronnie night train lane. He was asking me about the running back competition. It's going to go down to the wire, I think. Both these guys oh, yeah. are going to play. Bruce Arians likes having 
a backfield that features two runners splitting the carries, one guy is going to be the starter, right? But who's going to be the finisher? Because we've seen, dating back to Bruce Arians' first year in Tampa, 2019, Peyton Barber was the starter. But then Ronald Jones would come in after the second and third series, and 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 what does is, what is Arians do? He goes with the hot hand. Yes. So just because you get the first series of, of handoffs, of opportunities in the passing game, doesn't mean anything. Because if you don't do anything, then it's going to be a situation where uh, the other guy you know, he's going to have that opportunity. And and that's how Ronald Jones took the starting job away from Peyton Barber. Um, he just did more in the game with those opportunities. He became the hot back more often. Yeah. And I think with Ronald Jones too, uh, he's very much a momentum runner. Like I remember in the Super Bowl, and not even the drive when, you know, he got stuffed at the goal line, but there were certain yeah. drives before Leonard Fournette had that long run for the touchdown right. where Rojo was racking up first down after first down, you know, six-yard run, seven-yard run, keep it going. And he's that momentum type of guy where, you know, he gets a couple yards and you see the offensive line being like, come on, Rojo, let's go. You, you right. want them to keep going. But then, for you know, for Rojo's point of view, you see what Leonard Fournette did and you can kind of see why fans might think Leonard Fournette is the, uh, you know, the incumbent, the number one guy coming into this right. season. Rojo might feel a bit, like an underdog yeah and right. a, a little bit depending on who right. you ask but speaking of underdogs scott not the best transition but hey i'm working yeah. on it i like uh, it I like we're it. we're really excited about this new advertiser of of ours underdog fantasy i'll tell you about underdog fantasy a lot of great things coming up underdog fantasy is the best and easiest place to play fantasy football for big cash prizes on underdog fantasy you just draft no need to worry about waivers, lineups, or injuries. Underdog handles it all for you. Make sure to go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app at the app. Draft a season-long best ball team, and that's it. No in-season management. They're going to give you $25 when you sign up, so you could take a free shot at a $1 million grand prize in their fantasy football tournament. That's $25 for $1 million in a grand prize. Yep. That's right. You can get it for free. $25 in bonus cash on Underdog Fantasy if you use the code Pewter when you make your first deposit. That's Pewter. P-E-W-T-E-R. I'm a big fan of Underdog Fantasy because it's so easy. The app is really good. It's very slick. The website's user-friendly. It's easy to navigate through. So just do what I've been doing. Go to underdogfantasy.com, join a league, draft a team, and that's it. You're good for the season. Remember, go to underdogfantasy.com, the App Store, or the Google Play Store, and sign up using the code Pewter and get a $25 bonus in cash. Another thing, too, about Underdog, they got these props. You'll see it more in the regular season where uh, you could pick who's going to have more yards, Mike Evans or Amari Cooper. They have all these different props. I'm a sucker for that. I love picking like over 50 yards, over 75 yards. I remember during the postseason, I was like, okay. Prop bet for this game, Mike Evans to score a touchdown against Green Bay. Bam, he scores a touchdown. So that's going to be a really awesome thing to see. So make sure you go to underdogfantasy.com. It's a great website. I'm really excited to use it more as the season goes on. And you can use it, too, to get ready for your fantasy football draft. So underdogfantasy.com. I love underdog fantasy because I I don't have the time to play fantasy football and keep up with with all the other teams in in the NFL on a week-to-week basis. I got television on the Buccaneers, of course, right? So with their best ball tournament, I love it. You draft your team 
in the preseason, and that's your team for the whole the whole year. You know, and you have you have a bench, and and so um, whoever's on your bench or your starters doesn't matter because whoever scores the best, you know, yes, the best running the back in your team, score doesn't matter. Every it's week, the guy you drafted or the eighteenth right. guy you drafted, yeah. best score. So you have a guy. You know who might might be a backup. Maybe someone else on that person's team gets hurt, and they end up becoming a starter and going off. You reap all the benefits from that. There's there's a saying, uh, "Set it and forget it." That's right. That's the case in this situation. Yeah. You got, you don't got to worry about a thing. Just draft your team. Flash Gordon, the same thing. I don't play fantasy football for that reason, but I'm going to be playing fantasy at Underdog Fantasy this year just for that reason. I can pick it once in August, set you know my team, and then let the chips fall where they may. Throughout the entire season, we're going to have a couple of Peter Report signups parties coming in August, Matt, where we're going to be live on remote at a couple places. Um, you know, hopefully the Peter Report readers come out and sign up for Underdog Fantasy at at our at our drafts. It's going to be fun. We're going to have different leagues, Peter Report leagues. So, so check it out for sure. Um, speaking of running backs, anybody seen Sneak Vaughn? Um, I saw him in the second field yesterday. You saw him in the second field today. This guy's just buried on on the depth chart. I can I can kind of see the ability. I think he's better than than Pope and Procise, the other yeah. guys that are on on field too, Matt. But I mean, it's like he's got three veterans ahead of him in in Fournette, Rojo, and now Giovanni Bernard. All all three of those guys though are on one year deals. So yeah. you know, Keyshawn Vaughn. This is this is not a running back of of the present. This is a running back of the future on this team. I think. I thought he looked a little slimmer coming into camp. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else noticed that, but I, I thought he looked a little bit slimmer. Maybe it was the number change, and he's got the, the face shield going. He, he's yeah. trying to channel all the correct vibes because he's trying to go for like Ladanian a Tomlinson look. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was like, wait a second. That's not Ladanian Tomlinson. Yeah. I think, and I've said this before, Keyshawn Vaughn is going to be one of those players, and you were talking about Benning before, and he's in this category as well. He's really going to benefit from playing in a preseason this year. I yes. think that really hurt Keyshawn last year. The fact that he didn't get to play yeah. until the regular season started. And that's when it's all goes like, there's no room for mistakes or anything that's like right. that. And, and granted, he had a decent start until the passes. Yeah. And then the Thursday night game went yeah. down and that kind of, you know, changed the course of his season for sure. But I think getting some more reps in the preseason, he'll be, you know, the number one guy when, when the other running backs don't play, I think, Getting that feel, that that comfortability, the the familiarity with everything. He's a guy, as you said, this isn't going to be his year, barring injury. But this yeah. isn't going to be the season where Keyshawn Vaughn is the, you know, I told you he was going to be something, you know. But you right. know what? I think people got to understand. I'm not talking to anyone specifically. Not every, and the Bucks have been lucky with this. When you see Antoine Winfield and, and, and Vita Vea and guys like that, Tristan where they come Wirfs. onto the scene and they're just great right yeah. away. And tri- yeah, right. Tristan Wirfs. That's not the case with everyone. I think to right. keep it to running backs, Ronald Jones was that perfect example. Oh, it yeah. took him a while to get it going, but yes. now he's got it going. And I think with Keyshawn Vaughn, we got to have a little bit of patience right. when it comes to that. All right. This year, this season might not be a season, but there's a lot of time and, and yeah. space left for him to get it going. So this is a building block year for him, but don't lose right. faith yet on Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah, I don't see Ronald Jones and Fournette coming back next year. Yeah, and, and and also Giovanni Bernard. I think two out of those three might. Yeah, But if that's the case, it just elevates 
Keyshawn Vaughn, one more rung up the depth chart, just like wide receiver. I don't think Antonio Brown's coming back after this year. That means Tyler Johnson, Jalen Darden, you're up one more spot on that depth chart. Yeah. So I, I think, you know, you mentioned no preseason last year. You're looking at even Anthony Nelson has yet to play a preseason snap. This is insane, year, right? Insane, I mean, but a yeah, true fact. Injury, this his rookie year, uh, COVID last year. Um, you know, and you, you look at, at last year's rookie class, Tyler Johnson, Keyshawn Vaughn, um, you know, uh, Khalil Davis, I think is going to benefit big time. Uh, Benning Potawai, we talked to Coach Jimmy Lake yeah. about him. There's a lot of young Buccaneer players. Uh, and, and listen, with the veteran team coming off a of Super Bowl, getting ready for a 17-game regular season, in only three preseason games, I think you're going to see a lot of the young players, the Trasks, the Jalen Dardens, the Tyler Johnsons, the Keyshawn Vaughns, you're going to see a lot of those guys in the preseason. I think you're going to see very few reps of Tom Brady and the starters. Yeah. Um, you know, and maybe half in, in week two against the Titans, right? But um, I, I don't think you're going to see a lot of, of the, the veterans play. But this team's got so many young, exciting, you know, first That's what and makes it fun. Yeah, yeah. Like Joe Tryon, he's going to get a ton of playing time right. this preseason. Like you might as well get excited about watching Trask in the preseason because you're not going to see him in the regular season. Yeah, you know it's like a, it's almost like two. Compl- I mean, yes, it's two different seasons, but yeah. like the expectations, like all right, let's see what right. we got with the rookie quarterback. You can treat yeah. it like it's a regular season. Exactly. Okay, is this the quarterback of the future? All right. Well, if he does bad, well, we got Tom Brady. We're we're good for the regular <laughs> season, you know. Yeah, and and, and the, the thing too, Matt is is it's it's just like you've got you know field one and field two, right? Field one is the ones and the twos and field two is the threes and the fours. And, and so I think that's how the preseason is going to be. It's mostly going to be like field two guys, but yeah. there's so many, there's so much talent on this team. Uh, one of the guys we we've written about and he really caught our eye dating back to the mini camp is Jarrell Adams, who is, yes, uh, thank you. Ends, you know, that all he does is get open and catch touchdown passes. Um, I and- think he's got a legit shot. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, no, but I yeah. think this guy has a legit shot to make the team. He he played very well yesterday, but you know I was watching him more today, being on field two, right. and I was very impressed with this guy. He's going to make some noise for trying to make this team at the tight end position. Yeah. I mean, he made two catches today. He made multiple catches, but there was like two right. catches that really stood out to me. Granted, one was just like a warm up drill, but. The ball was overthrown. He was in the back of the end zone. He was able to yeah. get up, catch the ball, and stay in bounds. Yeah. And then later in a seven-on-seven, uh, Trask threw in the ball. It was a good pass in the corner of the end zone, but it was one of those where it was only in a spot where Adams can get it. He was able to bring it in and, again, keep his feet in bounds. It was, it was not an easy play because he was, like, running full speed. It's not one right. of those where the ball's floating in there and you can adjust to it. I've seen him all over the field. I keep seeing his number everywhere. I, I'm I'm – really impressed with what I've seen so far. Granted, it's two days, but I mean, when you keep making play after play, we're going to keep talking about you. So yeah. I think this is a guy, I mean, he stood out more than Cody McElroy for sure. And McElroy, I think is a talented guy too. And obviously everyone's fighting for spots behind Gronk, right. Cam and OJ. Yeah. But um, yeah, we, we got a little good tight end competition on our hands here. This team is so deep in so many positions. We've talked about, about running back. We've talked about defensive line. Um, with Khalil Davis and Benning Potawahi, guys that yeah. hardly, you know, are, are going to see the field because of the veterans ahead of them. The tight end position, with no OJ out there right now, with no Cam Braid, you're getting to see a lot of Tanner Hudson, a lot of Cody McElroy, 
a lot of, uh, you know, um, Jarrell Adams and, and Adams, 6'6", 256. He looks like a Bucks tight end. They got some monsters, right? I mean, the, yeah. the smallest guy is is the newest guy, Daquan Hampton, 6'4", 225. Um, and he made yeah. a great one-handed catch yeah. yesterday, too. So right. shout out to him. Yeah, it's it's certainly stacked. Um, this this roster, the job that Jason Light has done, the job that that uh, John Spitek, who's who got promoted to vice president of pro personnel, um, you know, has done, is is just remarkable because they 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 brought in guys not just the draft picks, not just making the trade for Jason Pierre-Paul or Gronkowski, not just luring Tom Brady to Tampa, but getting a guy like Aaron Stinney, right? Getting a guy like Ross Cockrell. Um, those key players that can come in and and, and play meaningful snaps and reps uh, in games that that matter, right? Um, yeah, that's that's the sign of of a great team. Is not just how good are your starters, how many Pro Bowlers you have, how deep are you. That's that's the key. And this team is deep. Yeah, I think too. Another guy you could throw in there. Granted, he's been here a little bit longer, but think about. Yeah, a linebacker like Kevin Minter. Devin White missed a playoff game. That's a right. playoff game. And Kevin Minter went in there and and held, held his, his own, own. Yeah. very well. And so, yeah, I mean, this depth is crazy. I think of the offensive line, too, in the sense. And you mentioned some right. offensive linemen right there. But I'm thinking about it more in the sense of, you know, they're probably going to keep nine. They're definitely keeping eight. Maybe they'll keep nine. Yeah. You already have the whole offensive line essentially established between the five starters and, and Wells and Stinney and Hainsey. Obviously, will yeah. be there because you're you're not going to not keep a guy you drafted right. that early. So you have like a bunch of talented offensive linemen, numerous guys, all fighting for one position. Yeah, and that just speaks to the depth of this team that you have so many guys that could probably be a solid backup in other places. Right. And there's only one spot. It's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's and, and kudos to the whole front office because I mean, how many, how many times ever since you've been covering the box in the NFL, can you talk about roster competitions, positional battles, and you're not talking about like one right. starting position at all. Yeah. You don't say it. No. And, and then the thing is, is in 2002 and the Bucks won their first Super Bowl. Um, this was a very talented Buccaneer team, right? I mean, you're talking Hall of Famers and Sap and, you know, Lynch and, and Brooks and, and some Bucks Ring of Honor guys, Rondé Barber, Mike Allstott, you know, I mean, just a, a really talented, uh, you know, bunch of guys. I mean, it was, the, it was the Pewter Pro Bowl for a couple of years with six and seven <laughs> Buccaneers in, in, the, in the Pro Bowl. And, man, it's so stupid to think that the Bucks had, what, one Pro Bowler last year, Jason Pierre-Paul? I mean, come on. You know? I know. All that's going to change this year. There's going to be about six guys uh, that make the, the Pro Bowl from this year's team. But, but they won't that, be playing in it anyway. That's right, yeah. But the thing, <laughs> but the thing is, is, is um, this year's team is just it's way deeper uh, with talent. Than, than the 2002-2003 Buccaneer team. The 2003 Buccaneer team, um, you know, it underachieved for sure, right? 7-9, didn't make the playoffs. A lot of injuries. Mike Allstott had a collision with Joe Jerevicious. Both those guys were out for the year, right, from mm-hmm. that. Uh, Brian Kelly tore his pectoral muscle in week four against the Colts on Monday Night Football. He's out for the year. John Lynch missed the last couple games with a, with a neck injury that cost him the rest of his Bucks career. So there was a lot of injuries, a lot of turmoil. Keyshawn Johnson, John Gruden hating each other. 
you know, Keyshawn essentially was was suspended for the rest of the season about halfway halfway through. Just a lot of turmoil, but they didn't have enough talent to overcome those injuries. And I think, you know, barring an injury to someone super special like Tom Brady, yeah, um, uh, you know, you saw even last year they overcame Vita Vea's injury, right? Um, and with with Steve McClendon and, and Nacho going in there and still having that number one ranked rush defense. Um, I, I just think this year's Super Bowl team is is different because of the depth that we've seen so far in camp. Yeah, and like you mentioned with McClendon, that was a in-season adjustment. So they've shown too that okay, if they can't get it done in the preseason or in the off-season, that they will make sure they get the right moves during the season. And yeah. uh, it just seems like whatever button they push, it all it all works out for them. It does. Uh, last question we'll take today from Long Last Leisure is: Is it clear that only one contract will be given between Ryan Jensen and Alex Cap after this year? Yeah. The thing is, is they've already got three offensive linemen making $10 million or more, right? Jensen's at 10. Um, Allie Marpet's a little bit more than that. Then you've got uh, Donovan Smith, who's yeah. making the, the most. But um, with Tristan Wirfs coming up a couple years later, he's going to be the highest paid offensive lineman in Tampa for sure. But the thing is, is I, I think that, that um, I think Jensen probably comes back. I'm um, not sure about Kappa, just because he's a right guard and, I think Stinney would be cheaper, and, and it's going to be interesting to see how much um, push he gives Kappa, you know, in in training camp. I, I think the Kappa is going to be the starter this year. I do, but I think Stinney showed last year that he's an NFL caliber starting, uh, you know, player in in this league, and and so there's going to be some options. Um, I don't think it's going to be um, Hainsey. It, it could be, but you know, Robert Hainsey right now has been. I mean, he's been almost seeing all of his snaps at center. He is he's yeah. really going to be the, the backup center this year, right, man? Yeah, he's been taking all snaps, going back to minicamp. He's essentially just been taking all his reps at center. And I do agree that I think Jensen would probably come back before Kappa. Kappa seems, and this is no disrespect to him, but as you mentioned with Stinney, seems a little more replaceable than yeah. a guy like Jensen. Don't get me wrong, like, Ali Marpet, Donovan Smith, they're they're the leaders of the offensive line. They've right. been there the longest. But emotionally-wise, no one gets the O-line going like Ryan Jensen. And we've seen over the over his time with the Bucs, he's been able to curtail it where it went from being fiery, you know, mucking it up with the other team and right. getting a penalty on himself to mixing it up with the other team, getting the penalty on the other team. And again, yeah. I don't want to keep referencing the Super Bowl. Actually, no, the Super Bowl was awesome. Bucks fans yeah. all talking about it. He drew a penalty in the Super Bowl. That, right. you know, obviously Carter, helped out the Carter, team. Chris so, Jones like, emotionally, he's a leader in yes. that sense. And I think Brady really enjoys working with him, too. And, um, you know, Brady likes everything a certain way, not just with the centers, yeah. but you always see him coaching up receivers, too, on how to right. run certain routes and everything like that. So, um I think they it'd be in the Bucks' best interest to if you have to pick one over the other, probably go with Jensen. Yeah, but uh, not an easy decision to make by any means. And at the same time, you have Robert Hainsey. As long as they they you know they like his development, and he's going to see a ton of playing time at center in the preseason, right? And they're yeah. going to evaluate how good he performs, and that could have some bearing whether they bring Jensen back for one year or whether they don't bring him back at all. You know, right. Uh, or, or maybe for a couple of years, as, as we saw with Donovan Smith doing that, you know, uh, getting a couple of years tacked on to his, his contract. 
So, man, it's been an exciting first two days of Bucks training camp. It was a hot one today. Um, we appreciate everybody tuning into this edition of the Peter Report podcast. We appreciate Jimmy Lake, former Bucks defensive backs coach and head coach of the Washington Huskies, for joining us. And certainly uh, all of you guys, we appreciate uh, the huge traffic we've had on PeterReport.com as Bucks training camp has begun. We got about uh, somewhere between four to eight stories a day for you guys on PeterReport.com and some more coming later tonight. So uh, for Matt Matera, I'm Scott Reynolds. Thanks for joining us. We're going to be back tomorrow, uh, Matt, with more training camp coverage all week long at 4 o'clock. So make sure that you're subscribed to us on our YouTube channel at PeterReportTV. For Matt Matera, I'm Scott Reynolds. We'll see you on another edition of the Peter Report Podcast. Out. Day three of training camp. Going to be great tomorrow. Out.